Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. We need to be talking about these things like they're not big and scary and no one can achieve them, but that we just need to have open minds and know that someone out there is doing something crazy and you might bump into them tomorrow and find out about it. This episode shout out goes out to Nawal Al-Hamwi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Nawal. Thank you so much. She DM'd me on Twitter saying, hey, Spree, just wanted to tell you that you have a contagious positive energy. Big fan of the Women in Tech podcast. Just joined the Facebook group. Amazing spirit girl. Keep rocking. Say hello to Nawal on Twitter. Let her know you found her via the Women in Tech podcast. That's at underscore N-A-W-A-L. H-M-W. That's at underscore N-A-W-A-L-H-M-W. Let her know you found her via the Women in Tech podcast. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. What's up? We are back with the Women in Tech podcast. I am currently on a mountain. I just climbed Snowdonia in Wales, the Snowdonia Summit. Super excited. Um, we're going to be changing up the podcast a bit. We've been doing the podcast. I have two shows right now. Uh, Women in Tech, this one, and We Are LA Tech. And I'm so proud of them. Really excited. We have our first fresh episode straight from the London Google campus. Was so excited to interview her. Met her at an event where we got initiated with our campus cards. It's a program that Google has internationally where you can access Google resources and co-working space. It's so dope, and I'm really excited to be a part of the community. And so with that, as I'm looking at amazing lakes and just kind of taking some time to unwind my mind and get rid of stress and, and be as healthy as I can be, I am excited to share the first episode after hiatus with you, and here we go. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This is the first episode back in after a hiatus for the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I am currently in London, England, as you know, as you heard on the hiatus episode. And today I am on the Google London campus startup and I am an official London campuser, <laughs> whatever that means. It's really exciting though. They have a ton of great resources. 
and I am excited to bring to you our next fabulous Women in Tech. Hello. Hi. Nice. Thanks for having me. Of course. We both just got initiated. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we are now, yeah, orientation just took place. We have our cards. We're in. <laughs> and so go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi. Okay. So I'm Morag Doig. I'm a Scot, although a global one. Uh, Scottish. Yes. Yeah. Scottish. Sorry. Yeah. Should be clearer. Um, I've just launched Harbor 84, which is a prop tech platform for organizations to enable their agile workers to be productive and healthy and happy when they're on the road. So uh, it's been quite a journey for me. Harbor 84 is still quite young. We've just launched, but I'm one of those people that's always looking for the next thing, the next um, challenge that I, you know, I want to have a positive impact. And I just felt now is the time to launch my own business. And how long have you been living in London? I actually just moved back to London three weeks ago. Woo, I've spent the last. <laughs> I've spent the last uh, two and a half years living in Zurich, Switzerland, and before that, fifteen years up in Edinburgh with some uh, some brief stints abroad in France and so on. So, yeah, it feels good to find an anchor again back in London, although very frenetic. And what inspired you to be back? I think for me, the ecosystem here as a female founder in tech. I mean. For me, there was nowhere else to go. I actually grew up outside of London, a little bit, um, a little bit outside of London, uh, and so I already had some great networks here in finance and in investment, and through my um, prior careers. And I just felt that being able to replicate that into tech space, this is where I needed to be doing that. And you were sharing that you haven't been on a podcast before, no. and I shared with you that's my favorite part about doing this show is that I get <laughs> yeah. to give everybody their first podcast interview. <laughs> um, what what has your journey? been in becoming a woman in tech and sharing that story with all of us like when did you first become passionate about technology I guess I've always been passionate about technology and it's strange because I I probably don't really see myself as a woman in tech I see myself as someone who is uh, building a tech platform to solve a big problem that I've seen out in my career and uh, prior to, to being an entrepreneur and uh, I guess when I first started getting exposure to how tech could really change how we do things, it could enable people in different ways, was through my job at the University of Edinburgh um, about five years ago. I was traveling around the world, building commercial programs and supporting the MBA students in their career development. And I could see just how much the connectivity um, you know, um, across different geographies between different people uh, it was really it was enabled by technology everything right. became so much easier and um, fast paced and I guess I just got caught up in it really and so how long have you worked in tech professionally really again I don't see myself as working in tech but right. uh, I guess since launching Harbor 84 which is about six months now but before that I mean I always touched on this uh, working in commercialization in higher education you were always supporting technology businesses to go out there and find new markets for their products albeit from a higher education point of view and I guess so it's been sort of sitting under my skin for a long time, but this is my first tech business. It's funny because a lot of the women I interview will say that they don't see themselves in tech, even though they founded a you know a tech company. And I find that really interesting. Um, I think sometimes we have the perception of um, to be in tech means you have to be an engineer mm, or a technologist yourself, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to you, what does it mean to be in tech? Why is there maybe like that space? between you being someone in tech and what tech is? I think, yeah, you've hit on an interesting point there. We feel like we need to be technologists to work in tech. But I guess 
from my point of view, there are two sides to the same coin. You can have great technology, but if you can't bring it to market and commercialize it, you know, it can't have the impact that it should Completely. be. And so from my point of view, I bring that. I bring that passion. I bring that connectivity to the markets. I love solving big problems. I don't need to be writing the code to do that as long as I can find someone who can help me and we can help each other. They build the great tech and I get it out there for people to use. That's perfect. It's actually what I wanted to talk about next. You're building this platform. Can you tell us a little bit more like what the platform does, especially for people not familiar with that world? And then how have you formed the team to help bring this platform to life. Absolutely. So, yeah, it started with a kernel of an idea about a year ago based on my experiences traveling and never being able to find the right space to achieve my business objectives. I was having quite high-profile meetings. I spent some time in exec search and needed to have confidential space to carry out my job and could never find it. So I started thinking about a service-based business initially that helped organizations uh, find external space for their uh, workforce to be productive, to be happy to get their jobs done when they weren't in the office. Right. More and more of us are traveling for work. We're disconnecting from our desks and we need a place to go. We need a place where we can plug in, feel safe. Um, and so I saw it as a service-based business initially and then I started looking at the other marketplace platforms that were out there, uh, the likes of Airbnb, Uber, these are the, right. those that you might, you, that, yeah, yeah. that everyone's heard of. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could borrow some of that technology and bring it into this world of workspace, something so physical that people mm-hmm. spend so much of their time in but could be made, you know, connecting them with that workspace and helping them find that easily is something that technology could help. So I contacted a development team who I was recommended actually by a tech startup that I knew in Switzerland <laughs> and uh, and yeah and I pitched the idea to them and they are themselves digital nomads they're traveling around spending six months here or there so they fundamentally got what I was talking about which mm. was as soon as you're in a new place as soon as you're away from your regular office or workspace right. it becomes so difficult to find that mm-hmm. you know that place to park your laptop it does uh, and so together we came up with this uh, marketplace idea at the moment we're at MVP stage so minimum viable product. Anyone can go on the platform and book a space in one of our great workspace partners. Uh, so some people ask me as well what the name's all about with Harbor 84. Uh, and we really came up with that. Um, it's about being able to find any port in a storm. Like wherever you are, wherever you're working, however stressful your role is, whatever your business objectives of the day, you should always be able to find the right place to plug in, to meet your clients, to get your work done, to feel productive and to take care of your own well-being. So any port in a storm. That's all. You know what's interesting is when I first got to London, um, I found it pretty hard to just find a workspace. Right. So I Googled the best places to work in London. Yeah. And you'd think you could just go into any co-working space. Nope. But around the world, it's actually pretty intimidating because yeah. everyone's kind of hunched down and then... Yeah. Unless, I don't know, it just feels intimidating. Yeah, no, yeah. it does. And part of the reason, so one of the, the great things we've introduced on our platform is you can actually narrow your results based on your own kind of preferences and personality. So if you want somewhere that's like urban and funky, that's maybe female only or has a breakout space or has disability access, you can plug all those things into our platform to make sure that you're also getting those results that are the right spaces for you. So you're not going to walk in somewhere and feel like an interloper or that you don't belong. Um so hopefully we, we can make that a little bit easier for a lot of people because it is intimidating, you know? For sure. Yeah. Community is huge. Yeah. You need to find the right people to hang out with too, right? <laughs> Definitely. And spell it out for us how we can find it. So it's Harbor 84. So that's www.harbour84. 
84.com. And we'll include it in the show notes too, so you guys can click right there to check it out. Thanks. Yeah, go Actually, while we're doing the cyber stalking, can you share your social profiles where you like or where you want to be connected? Email, Instagram, Facebook, whatever's comfortable for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. connect with me on any of the above. I'm really open. I, I love talking about. Um, agile working and the future of work and and empowering people to be productive and how we can do that through tech so anyone get in touch with me linkedin uh twitter um facebook can you spell your name for everybody oh yeah sure it's morag doig that's m-h-o-r-a-g-d-o-i-g for those scottish people listening that'll be very familiar for everyone else It won't be, but <laughs> it's normal. Don't worry. And on Twitter, is 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 it your full name? So on Twitter, you'll find me at MLSHP. Um, on LinkedIn, it's Morag Doig. Uh, on Facebook, it's Morag Doig. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so you find your developer mm-hmm. serendipitously. Yeah. And then how do you even know how to communicate with your developer uh, oh my gosh. if you don't have a background in technology? Huge learning curve. I am a bit of a geek, so as soon as I feel like I'm not totally comfortable with something, I go in and ask 10 people if they can tell me a little bit about totally. it. And then I take those 10 people's feedback and I work it into something that fits in my brain. Uh, but but I uh, yeah, actually ended up traveling out to Portugal to sit down with them and really work out the wireframe development for their site. So go through what every page needed to look like. And through that experience, he really handheld me in a way um, in terms of you know, how we should be talking about this, how we could be communicating. So right. he, he, as an external developer, you know, it felt like he was part of the team, but we were working together on it from day one. And he helped me through that. And, you know, I just, I consume um, uh, articles on LinkedIn and blogs and all sorts of things. So I think with all that together, we were able to come to a really nice dialogue that helped us work through all of the development stages to date, really, to launch. Now, is he now your business partner? Is he a contractor? What's the arrangement? So, uh, so yeah, he uh, is now... He still works with us. They actually host the site for us still and do all of the maintenance. But we're at this really interesting stage at the moment where we've got this um, this open platform, but we right. want to turn it into a really great SaaS product. Right. So he's helping me uh, identify other developers and, and someone who we could even bring in-house to really own right. this moving forward so that the next stage of development can continue. But I think he'll always see it as his baby, which is great, and he should. Um but it's great. He he also now feels it's time to hand it off to an expert in SaaS uh, development, so we can take it to the next stage. And are you self-funding this, or are you working a full-time? What is um, your lifestyle to make this dream happen? Yeah, so I am. I'm, I've self-funded the entire project to date. Um, I do have a fabulous co-founder who I've brought on board. He comes from a marketplace technology background as well, although again, is not a technologist. <laughs> uh, so we, we we stumble through the two of us with all the support that we get from the developer community here in London. Um, and it has been an interesting journey for me because uh, I actually I have left um, my uh, husband in Switzerland to move back to London oh, wow. and really focus on this yeah. um, full time. I when I set up Hardware 84, when the the niggle got too big to ignore, I quit what was a great job what at the time. Did you just say the niggle? The niggle, you know, when? in the back of your mind and you know you should be doing it. And just, <laughs> you haven't quite bit the bullet, you know, the niggle. Yeah, yeah. that's a great word. <laughs> the niggle. So when the niggle got too, or yeah, it got too loud in my yeah. brain. Yeah, I just, I decided I quit my full-time well-paid job in big corporate and thought, nope, this is the lifestyle that I want. I'm so much more passionate about creating things and connecting people and, and, and getting out there and doing something impactful. So I just decided to do it. Were you terrified? 
I mean, that's leaving a lot of stability, a lot of what you know, to have this adventurous life that we have <laughs> in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, strangely, I wasn't. The day that I handed in my notice, I felt so calm. Mm. I just knew. But I'm a bit of an adventurer anyway in my private life. I, I do a lot of um, adventure travel and adventure sports and things. Yeah. And so that adrenaline rush, as well as the intellectual curiosity and the drive and the ambition, that also fuels me. Stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. When you were making that choice, did you plan out for, are you a planner? Like, did you look like, okay, this is where I want to be a couple years from now? Or you're like, this is where I want to be in the next six week sprint. It's probably to be fair, somewhere between the two. I think when I first started this, I was wildly naive in terms of how long it would take me, how much yeah. it would... Because we, we all feel like we've had difficult jobs before, right. but nothing really quite compares to this. Um, so somewhere in between, you know, I plan, you know, I know where I want to take the business and I know that I want to do something impactful. Right. Um, but... But you can't look beyond six weeks when you're launching a startup because it's just impossible to know. Everything changes so quickly. Yeah. You really have to be responsive and resilient. And, you know, 100 people tell you, give you negative feedback before that one piece of positive feedback that helps you get up the next yeah. day. And I think planning, if any, you know, trying to see beyond six weeks, gosh, if you can do that, then fair play to you. And now we're at this amazing resource, the Google campus, yeah. the startup campus in London. Um, it's so cool. Right. Um, how will this be a part of your journey moving forward ahead and accelerating and building your startup? Well, so I've always, as most of us are, been a huge fan of Google and the support that they put out there for startups, particularly uh, more recently female founders. Um, and I, I've since I came back to London, it was on my radar to, to get more involved in a community and a network like this, not least so I could improve my own understanding of the underlying technology, right. and how where I can take the business. And um, for me, it's going to play a huge role. I mean, you'll find you'll probably find me here all the time. And mm -hmm. um, there's a female founders or a female um, in tech breakfast happening tomorrow morning, which I'll be app for coffee and a chat with some of the other ladies in the same position and I think it's having that community or a sense of community around you and resources to tap into that they not only make the journey easier they make it more enjoyable right because you because starting a business is really lonely but you're never alone when you come to a place like this it is really lonely so in that hiatus episode that I had because I told you we, we took a break from the podcast for a little bit I was mm -hmm. talking about how um being in the, uh, the tech world living the tech 
lifestyle is really isolating mm. because we have to seem like we're perfect all the time <laughs> and that we're in control and everything's everything's figured out when really we're like, oh my gosh, yeah. nothing's figured yeah. out. <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's specific to tech though, is it? I think it's just human nature. Mm. Interesting. And I think it's becoming more and more that way with the digital age where we have all these, um, you know, face tuning and <laughs> life perfecting apps uh, to make every, I, I watched this one YouTube video where this girl was doing experiment and she literally photoshopped herself in the most epic places around the world and then said she was there but it was an experiment and she let everybody know Mm -hmm. but there's so much manipulation that can go on online now yeah and we're comparing ourselves to this supposed reality that we we think it is yeah Yeah. and that's why i think it's even more important to you know build great networks and support each other because that authenticity that's the thing that gets you through i you know i think that that's one of the major threads that between successful people is that you know you know where you stand with them they want to help you and they are authentic uh, yet we put things out there sometimes where we do feel like we need to be perfect and and essentially you know those are the ones you need to keep in in your network is the ones that say it's okay it's okay like yeah it isn't yeah good dot enough good enough she was asking me before we got started what's one common theme that i've learned after doing hundreds of episodes interviewing women in tech amongst all the interviews and unfortunately the common thing is a lot of times as a community we feel like we're not enough we're not good enough Mm. and um i think i hope that this podcast contributes to all of us feeling like we are enough to be on a podcast (laughs) i'm so excited to be this is your first podcast that's so cool what is another i mean this isn't an obstacle but what is an obstacle in your life that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it in your professional life professional life i think one of the most challenging things that that i've had to overcome was there was a point in my corporate career where talking about not feeling enough there was a there's a part of my corporate career where I, i really just feel like i i wasn't myself I wasn't able to achieve I felt like um, I was spending 12 hours a day for the pursuit of mediocrity and that's just not who I am and uh, and so you know I I really had to give myself a good talking to and think well you know what are the things what are the things that you're doing that are making you feel that way what are the areas where you could just tweak a few things and you and the outcomes the way you would feel would be so different and a big part of that came down to actually to networking I kind of isolated myself a little bit because I felt like I wasn't doing a good job or I wasn't you know you know my career wasn't going so well and and so I stopped talking about it to people and that's the worst thing you can do because the fewer people you talk to the fewer networks you create the few connections you create and and you might miss that one conversation with that person that turns everything around for you that day and so it's kind of how I yeah, I was on the road to burnout and I just thought, you know, what's in my sphere of influence? What's in my sphere of control? And just change one thing each day. And now I'm here and it's just, yeah, totally different life. But Give me five. Oh, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And what would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, my gosh. I've been really lucky. I've received so much. I'm probably one of those slightly annoying people that actively seeks out mentors all the time. <laughs> like I love talking to people. But probably the best piece of advice I've been given was, it, yeah, it was probably, it, it's good enough. Don't beat yourself up so much, you know. I have a real problem looking in the mirror and seeing the whole package. And 
so I've had to consciously surround myself with people that are just able to say, okay, that was great. By anyone else's standards, it was perfect. So you just need to kind of moderate your approach and understand that good means different things to different people. And mm -hmm. then you can move forwards, right? That's true. And your favorite book? Oh my gosh, I have so many. I'm such a book geek. Uh, Do you think, I've been wondering lately, is there a difference or what's the difference between consuming audiobooks and reading a book. I, I kind of have a, a theory now or whatever because mm. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been relying on audiobooks mm -hmm. and my mentor reads mm -hmm. actual books mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh man, no, I don't need time. Yeah, so for me, I don't really, I listen to podcasts and I read books and I get very different things from both of them and I think the big thing about reading a book is you're in charge of your own imagination the person who's reading it for me on audio they kind of there is a little bit of themselves in it right right whether they meant to or not it is you know it, even with it's the, mm -hmm. if it's the cadence yeah. how fast they're reading their tone of voice it impacts I think and so for me I, I, there is something about cracking open an old-fashioned book, highlighting it. Yes, I'm mm. a geek. That's yeah, okay, I love though. highlighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and seeing the progress that you're making through it, mm. which I don't think you can do so easy with an audiobook. I know you have the thing at the bottom that tells you how far through you are, but I don't know. I yeah. need to visually see it. I don't do it with an audiobook. I just listen. Yeah. Um, and when I read a book, I actually love to read. I just don't make time to read. Yeah. I do the whole highlighter and oh. the note-taking. Yeah. But... The thing that I've noticed, aside from just gaining the intel, mm -hmm. is I've heard a lot of people who have written fantastic books read a lot. Like, they have to read the words, oh, and yeah. they have that in common. And yeah. so it's not the same to listen to a book because you're not getting that kind of... Um, yeah, that connection with it. Yeah, yeah absorbing with the words mm -hmm. and the grammar and the formatting and yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it does go. I think you've hit on a really important point there, where when you read, it's things like the grammar and the sentence construction. And we've kind of with with on our devices all the time. We've maybe lost the ability to kind of write that way. <sighs> and right? I went back to study. So I did a master's part time when I was working, and um, one of the hardest things I found was was the was the actual writing. Like suddenly having to write ten thousand words, and I think reading a lot is what saved me. And you asked me what my favorite book yeah. is, and I can't I actually can't answer that because it probably changes every, every month. Well, the, the one of this month, right? So at the moment, okay. I'm reading um, David Rowan's Non Bullshit Innovation. So David was the founding editor of Wired UK, and it is the most brilliant book I can remember reading in a long time. He's basically traveled around the world to find people that are doing the most incredible innovative things that actually matter so you know about how to change the schooling system in a country or how to how to uh turn a bank into an in, a turn a bank into a, a hospital and a, you know really how organizations are shifting paradigms to service consumer needs in new ways and I've been blown away by this book and he presented it at a level 39 in London a couple of weeks ago and I just I, I, like I yeah that's what I'm highlighting the is most it available the to buy yet mm -hmm. okay, cool. yeah you can get it I think you can get it on Amazon but yeah it was incredible and it was all just with it's all with a dose of humor as well which I think is really important you know we need to be talking about these things like they're not not big and scary and no one can achieve them but that we just need to have open minds and know that someone out there is doing something crazy and you might bump into them tomorrow and find out about it I love it one last question your favorite tech tool 
Oh, and actually, too, I lied. Okay, Slack. Yeah. Couldn't cope without it, especially because I, until three weeks ago, was based in Switzerland and my co-founder's based in London. We literally couldn't cope without Slack. And um, the podcast you most enjoy listening to? I like Super Freakonomics, always have. It's, one, it's like old school podcasts, but um, I think part of that as well is because it's one of the first books I remember reading and finally understanding economics. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much for spending time with the Women in Tech podcast and taking the chance. I find it really interesting <laughs> when I ask women in tech around the world, and even though you don't identify as tech, but <laughs> when I ask amazing people around the world um, to be on the show, and um, some people are really nervous, and um, some people um, are nervous, like like maybe you were nervous for a second, but you're like, I'll do it. Yeah. And uh, I guess... Can you leave us with that? Like, what did you tell yourself to do it anyway, even though you were nervous? It's interesting because of what you just said there about uh, reminding me that I said I don't identify in tech. And I think, you know, I think for me, like, embrace it. You know, I had an opportunity and it's fantastic. And maybe I should be thinking the same way about what I'm doing now. I'm a woman in tech. And that's great. And I get opportunities like this to talk about it. So, you know, you got to jump with both feet. I'm giving you a hug. You're the best. Thank, Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. If you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. And also you could say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Morag Doig. I'm the founder and CEO of Harbor 84, which is a technology platform to connect organizations with great workspaces for their workers to be productive and agile uh, working on the move. We're based in London and you are listening to Women in Tech podcast. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, with help from Janice Geronimo, edited by Adam Carroll, show notes by Carl Marty, and music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.